Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. Across the street and around the world, Cheyenne Hills. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Nathan, welcome. We're going to continue on today. And, and here's a topic. So I saw you the other day, uh-huh. and I think Daz Boggs, right? So, right, right. Coffee shop. They're, they're in the coffee shop. And I... You were you introduced me to someone running for office. I right. don't remember this person's name, right. but um, so do you. Do you still connect with people? How does this work? Uh, this time of year, especially as the filing period is just about over, but uh, as it's continuing on, uh, over the last three weeks, I have met with multiple people multiple really? times. So are they uh, seeking yeah. you out for advice yeah. on how to run or that kind of a thing? Or it's what are, it's what been is... an honor to to do that. But yeah. yes. Um, and so in some cases, uh, you'll have two really good people okay. uh, running potentially that might run in the same uh, district. And what would be better is if you could talk to them both about one supporting the other oh. so they, they don't split the vote or okay, uh, just okay. talking to them about what is their motive, what's their cause, um, why are they so interested in this race. And oftentimes you can tell whether a person is in it for themselves or they really have a sense of mission yeah. and understand that they are going to be a public servant. And so I constantly bring that so up. So are you asking questions to kind of kind of flesh that out a little? Or, well, this last occasion. Or do you kind of know be going, before you meet them? I'll kind of know. Yeah. But you never really know until you know. Yeah. And so this last occasion, there were two individuals and I had asked one to ask the other uh, questions about, it was, and we really just trying to set that up. Yeah. And then because both of them are still so very new in all of that, uh, one of them would pose a question to the other and then they would both turn to me to see how I would respond oh, and wow. then take notes on that. Wow. And so it was an opportunity both to give instruction, but also to maybe guide them yeah. Uh, toward what's going to be best for that district. Yeah, boy, there there is a lot to. I can't even imagine. I mean, that whole political world is. Uh, I'm I'm glad there are Christians and and good conservative people running in those places. I mean, obviously yeah. they're connecting with you because they want to know how do you answer this kind of right you know argument or this kind of uh, maybe pushback of some kind. Um, well, okay, so I've always had this question. Lots of times you'll hear, you know, election, I'm, I'm pay, paying attention and, okay, here's a person I'm kind of dialed in on and my wife, we kind of compare notes. We do, always do. And we kind of say, yeah, this seems like this was a good one. And so, okay, so you're kind of running with this person, whatever office they might be running for. And then when they get into office, it's as if it's like, this is a whole different person or, mm-hmm. or maybe there's the same person. But for whatever reason, they've changed their view. What right. what happens from the time they're running mm-hmm. to? Do you see this? You oh, see I do. It, but what, I do. What, what's the? Is there extra pressure? Is there peer pressure? What mm-hmm. what happens? Well, I've I've heard a lot of people try uh, talk about this in the past, but now having actually experienced it myself, I I will say what I've been able to see okay. is that most people, when they run for political office, they don't actually know what they believe. And so as a result, they'll say a thing, but then when they get involved in the actual uh, challenge of, of holding public office, um, they'll hear good arguments. And all of a sudden, it looks like they're, they're, they're going one way. And then, then they'll hear another argument. It looks like they're going that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily – sometimes with, with most people, I think, especially at the beginning, it's not that they're, they're bad people. 
they hear persuasive arguments. Yeah. But they sound persuasive because beforehand they've never really wrestled with gotcha. what is truth. So, so do you think do you think that people when they run are they running on like one issue? Are they kind of one or two issue kind of a person? And Some then when they are. get into the the other ones, they don't really. It's like, gosh, I've never really thought about those things. Right. And they're kind of making their opinions there. Right. Right. Or do you, what do you think? Sometimes, yeah. So so no one can go to the uh, can be elected to any office and know everything about everything. No question. Right. When I first was elected to office, I I didn't know everything about, for instance, something called special districts, and those are taxing entities. They're all over the state of Wyoming. Very important to know what that is. But I had an idea idea of what it was, but I didn't know all the nuances. Or when it comes to, for instance, sage grouse, um, they didn't teach me about sage grouse in seminary. Okay. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> or, or when it comes to energy uh, policy or all those different yeah, things, right. you first of all have to recognize you can't be an expert on everything. Right. So rather than try to be an expert on every single thing, I think the deeper question is, how do you make your decisions? What is your starting place? What is your moral norm? Where do you begin? And you'll find people that may not know everything about every single policy out there, but they definitely know um, what right from wrong looks like. And that's where the big problem comes in the United States of America today. There are plenty of people that don't even believe that there is right and wrong. They don't believe in moral norms. There is no truth. Their truth is just at what you feel that moment. Yeah. And so you take someone like that, put them in public policy. Oh my. And pretty soon they'll be drifting along with every wind of, of yeah. uh, teaching out there. Yeah. And it's going to be pretty, well, pretty and bad. Then, you know, I know what happens too, is they they get a lot of emotional type of you know, settings where people say that this has happened to them. And so your heart goes out and you're broken for them and you, you kind of become a champion right. for them and you get in their corner right. and it's probably good to have a champion for them, but it's like for public policy, that may not be the best. That's right. It's hard to separate those right. things out. There's an, a story from kind of early American history. Davy Crockett was a, uh, a congressman from Tennessee and he was a legend definitely in his own time. Mm-hmm. And he's still a legend to us today. Of course, he famously uh, died uh, at the Battle of the Alamo. Yeah, right. But Davy Crockett, when he was a congressman from Tennessee, used to tell this story. In his second campaign, he went back home and he asked a man if, if the guy, he was riding along on his horse on a, uh, along a field and there was a man plowing and the man stopped on his plow and Davy Crockett said something like, love to have your vote again this year. And the man said, sir, I like you a lot, but I cannot vote for you. And Crockett got off his horse and he said, please talk to me. Tell me why. And he said, sir, your morals, your, your belief systems, um, you don't actually live up to them. And Crockett said, I've done everything I possibly can to do that. And he said, let me tell you a story. He said, last year, there was a, um, a person who lost her husband uh, in some way. I forget how it was. And, and now the federal government didn't have the authority to give her money, but you voted for money, not out of your own pocket. But you uh, uh, voted money out of the federal resources to give to an individual in the nation. Can you imagine if you did that over and over and over again? Not only that, that power is not found in the Constitution. You went, and because of peer pressure, you voted on something that you shouldn't have. And I question your your morals Moral now. integrity, yeah. Davy Crockett went back. He said, sir, thank you very much for bringing that to my attention yeah. and the basis of your thinking. And he went back and fixed it in the next congressional term. Is that right? Wow. And there's a point where sometimes you'll, you'll hear a, a story that is just terrible. 
And instead of thinking, what is the proper role of government? Or maybe, should I give this individual money personally? Mm -hmm. Is this something that belongs to the realm of the church? Or is government the fix to all of these issues? That sometimes it gets lost in the debate. Well, and I think that's some of my my bigger frustration because you have people that are seem conservative, they seem small government, they seem like they're going to or limited government and those kind of things. And when they get there, maybe in Washington, more Washington than the state uh, state that I've seen. But when they get to Washington, you know, they they're voting for that are big government types of things. Right. And it's like, well, but I, I know what happened. I'm not saying no, but I, I think what happens is very much like what Davy Crockett, you get a, you get a very emotional plea and it's like, okay, we've got these dollars we can throw it at this and, and help. Right. Right. And put a, put a help to this situation. And what you've actually done is just, you just blow, Increase. blow, blow right. the government or the, the budget up and everything like that. Right. So, yeah, I, I think those are some of the big ones, you know, people being fiscally conservative and they go there and then it just kind of goes away. Right. I don't, I don't, that's the part that I, I just don't, right. I don't understand. And I don't, I don't know how you find somebody Mm -hmm. or what kind of questions to ask them that can kind of give you the idea that no, this person has, has integrity down to their toes and they're going to be the right kind of vote. One of the other things that happens also is that some people then uh, view the whole world in straight up black or white, Oh yeah, you know, and that's where as and, and I'll be very honest to everyone, I am a conservative, yeah. uh, and but I'm a conservative that has deep, deep roots into the understanding of what conservatism is. Hmm. And so uh, when you look at conservatism is different from something called libertarianism. If I could reduce to the absurd, both, you know, uh, reduction ad absurdum, but libertarianism sometimes, especially anarcho-libertarianism, believes in the absence of government. I, as a conservative, believe in limited government, and there's a difference between the two. And so government has to be limited. Government has to be closest to the people. That's exactly how the Lord built out government in uh, in the Old Testament. So even in the Old Testament, what you'll find is that limited government closest to the people on a tribal level, actually, is how God initially set up Mm. even Israel. And so limited government is important, but government is... It's important. Exactly. So like a libertarian, if I would try to play out your uh, simplicity to the absurd, but they're they're basically like live and let live and consequences are going to take care of things. Is that kind of right? I mean, like well, no uh, speed limits. Would, yeah. would a true libertarian have a speed limit? My well, question. okay. So first of all, you have to point out that a libertarian is someone that doesn't fit into a box very well. Oh, yeah. There is a whole spectrum of libertarianism. Okay. There is the anarcho-libertarian. And then there are people that are actually probably conservatives. Yeah. Uh, they do believe in limited government, but they really want that government to be very limited. Yeah. And so there's a whole spectrum there. Gotcha. But you're right. If you go to the anarcho-libertarian... They're just like live and let live and let consequences right. pay for themselves kind of thing, right? right? But you can probably like, spot the flaw in that as a person who has read the Bible. Yeah. The flaw with that is the fact that most people are not ready to live and let live. Yeah, that's they true. They absolutely will do everything they can to try to harm you and take what's yours. Yeah, that's, that's and true. And so the basis of that kind of government, it could potentially yeah. work if everyone was a genuinely good moral person 100% of the time. Right. But we also know that this thing called humanity gets in the way of that theory. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But it's like, and then under that, under that limited government, there's people that have 
that I was thought that were conservatives and they, they kind of go and do things. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe unbeknownst to them, maybe they see, you know, and I always think this, you know, maybe they have, inf- they have a lot more information than I do. I do trust this person, but it's like, man, they're, they're voting in a way or they're leading in a way uh, that it's like, this is not the the direction that I thought they would go. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just, a, it's a struggle for me. And so I know f- coaching those kind of people up, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. them consulting with you, really important. And I'm glad, I'm glad people seek you out. Praise they, the Lord. I know you can, you can articulate the different differences and hopefully yeah. have a voice in there. Yeah. If they get reelected, they, they, you have a voice. Well, praise the Lord for that. And and that's really why we're looking for statesmen. And that's yeah, what we call our, our education program, Statesman Academy. Yeah. Uh, through uh, our uh, foundation. And, uh, but it's to try to train up good men and women who know right from wrong and who are statesmen about it. Mm-hmm. So you don't use uh, truth as just a, a weapon right. to bludgeon people with. Right. You try to lead them uh, with truth and, right. and help them understand the situation. Right. The other thing too, a statesman takes in the complexity. Um, because a lot of these issues are very complex. And so you'll find people that will shout from either side, uh, talking about the blackest of black or the whitest of white uh, in an issue. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, there is some complexity. And so um, that's why what we look for, and, and now I'm going even past the New Testament, but back to Plato. And Plato talked about the need for philosophers to mm. be involved, people who are searchers for wisdom, and try to, to look at how to apply wisdom and knowledge to a situation in the real time right in front of them. Right. And in in between the black and the white. I mean right. really pretty much anybody can determine, okay, that the black and white. Most people can. Right. It's, it's living and dealing with that gray area. Mm-hmm. And in those gray areas, I, this is maybe I'm gonna pose it as a question. Have those gray areas narrowed? I mean, it used to be there's a lot of place you can kind of run and place to kind of find a, a place to stand in a gray area. Now those, it seems like it's really, really narrow, really difficult to maneuver some of these gray areas. Do you, uh, do you see that to be true? Well, okay. I, I get where you're, where you're saying, okay. but I, I think that the, 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 it actually is truth is still truth yeah, and falsehood is still falsehood. What has shifted though is something that a, a man that used to work in, in Michigan, uh, Professor Overton, he called it Overton's window. What has shifted is truth is still truth, and error is still error, but so many further radical errors have been have crept up that what everyone once recognized as truth now looks like it's a, almost a fringe idea. Gotcha. It's not fringe. Truth doesn't move. That's good. What's moved is all these new errors that make kind of lesser new errors now look a little bit better. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. And so that, I think, is where our culture has begun to shift a lot yeah, and is really sure. dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Yeah. Well... I um uh, I applaud you for being able to jump in. Now we got some this election coming up this fall. Um, there's a lot of things. Is there a way? What do you What do you do to help inform people mm-hmm. of what you're finding? So do yes. you write this all on a piece of paper? Do you yeah. put it in a chart? Yeah. What do you do? Here in uh, a few weeks, we're going to have on familypolicyalliance.com, and then we will in certain places we'll maybe even put it out to that local community. 
we're going to have a scorecard. So in the primary elections, we actually do a scorecard. And what it will do this year is going to look different than uh, what we did two years ago. We're going to look at issues like life, issues of religious freedom, and issues of family values, which is education. And we will do a score. And one of the amazing people that's helping me with this is a man with his PhD in education and technology. So he knows how to do a scoring very well. And what we're going to do is given... Do you have a standard questionnaire? Standard questionnaire. So if they're an incumbent, we actually get to look at their record. So we don't send them a questionnaire, we look at their record. If they are not an incumbent, it's their first time to run, we're going to actually send them a questionnaire. And with that, then we'll be able to give a, a grade from A plus to F. Okay. Um, and we'll give them in the three separate categories. And then at the end, we'll do the aggregate. We'll, okay. we'll show what that looks like overall. All right. Because there are some people that are really good on one issue and bad on another. Okay. So are you? that sounds like state legislatures, uh, state senators. Are you going to do that for every office and, and national level as well? We're going to do that for national and statewide offices. Okay. And uh, sometimes people just, they don't send the question. This happens with anyone who sends one of these out. Sometimes when they know that they don't align with your values, they won't send something back. And so what we'll do is we'll just put down, uh, that's a negative mark that they didn't uh, uh, send the the questionnaire back. But we'll do that for uh, national, state, and then for uh, legislative races. Now, I'd love to say that we're ready to get involved in all the school board races, but we're not quite set up uh, to do that yet. But that is a place that we really have to pay attention to. So does that mean you yet it's not going to happen this fall? Well, we will. We're going to look at Laramie County School District number one. Okay. Uh, Which is not statewide. Right, right. We can't look at the other 48 districts. How about some like judges and those kind of things? So some of those issues, I mean, I never know. Yeah. You know, unless I I might know one judge or something, but I don't know that. We'd certainly like to get involved in that in future. Really? Uh, yeah. But the logistics also is something oh, as, I can't as president of the organization, I've got to think, okay, what are what is our team capable of handling handling right now? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad Larry Me uh, School District One is in right. there too, because I think that's important yeah. certainly for us. But yeah. well, great. Hey, thanks for thanks for stopping yeah, in. Yeah, it's again. good to I be here. You brother. Got your jacket on. You got oh, a big yeah. meeting. You got to meet with some. Yeah, I had meetings starting at seven o'clock this morning, and I have a big one tonight. And and, uh, and and uh, three or so in between, yeah. but it was good to actually sit with a with a pastor and talk about things from a biblical worldview. Yeah, no, Enjoy I, it. I appreciate you coming in here, and oh, I'm going to go to a graduation. Our our seniors from oh. Shine Hills Church are. We're going to have a big uh, function tonight, so we're oh, going, to go, good. going to go spend yeah. some time with them and really excited for the, I think we have uh, eight or about 10 seniors graduating out of here. So that's some great. kids that have grown up through the church and, and actually one is a staff kid that's been here for, every, you know, he's been involved in everything here. So it's kind of yeah. neat to see him, well, actually two staff uh, kids that are grown up through the church and they're very involved and uh, I've high hopes for these two young men they're wonderful kids so anyway well thank you so much for being here and thank you for being here and as always be strong and very courageous god bless you all